Throughout this series, we're going to look at Jeremiah and see how he listened to God and what were the consequences of his listening to God. So if you open your Bible up kind of in the middle, you'll probably end up in Psalms and just go to the right. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1 is where we're going to read today. The words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests at Anathoth in the territory of Benjamin. The word of the Lord came to him in the thirteenth year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, through the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, down to the fifth month of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, when the people of Jerusalem were in exile. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. This is God's word, and it's true, and we can rely on it. Have you heard the story about the elderly gentleman who thinks that his wife is losing her hearing? And so he goes to the doctor and he complains, and the doctor says, why don't you run a little test to see how bad her impairment has got? So start kind of on one end of your house, and in your normal tone of voice, say something to your wife, and then see if she hears you, and if she doesn't, then just keep moving closer until you until she can hear you. So the man decides he will try that. So the next night he's sitting in the living room in his easy chair, probably 30 feet from his wife who's in the kitchen fixing dinner, and he says, what's for dinner, honey? And there's no response. So he gets up and he walks a little closer. He's about 30 feet from his wife. He says, what's for dinner? No response. Gets a little closer now, about 20 feet away. What's for dinner? No response. 10 feet, no response. He comes up right behind her, puts his hand on her shoulder and says, What's for dinner, honey? And she says, for the fourth time, chicken. <laughs> One of the challenges that comes with hearing loss, it seems to me, is that it, it creeps up on us, right? We don't always know how bad our impairment has gotten. How well do you think we hear God? Do we have some kind of impairment? And if we did, how would we know? This is the uh, thing we want to explore over the next several weeks. We want to try to figure out what it is about listening to God, what it is that maybe blocks us from listening to God and from hearing Him, and then what, what can we do about it? Is there any kind of cure or fix for this? The goal is this. If God says, can you hear me now? We want to answer, yes, we can hear you. Yes, Lord, we hear. Yes, Lord, speak. Yes, Lord, we're, we're listening. That's what we want to be able to say. 
So we're going to kind of do this hearing check starting today by looking at Jeremiah and his story because he is a guy who heard God. And I'm wondering if we can learn something from his example. So the story starts out, Jeremiah was the son of Hilkiah, a priest. And we're told right at the very beginning of his story, the word of the Lord came to him. It came in the 13th year of the reign of Josiah. So we kind of get a little set, a little setting, kind of the context of when this came. And then the word of the Lord keeps coming to him. And if you follow through the kind of lineup that is mentioned in those first couple verses, it actually continued to come to him for 40 years. He kept hearing the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord kept coming to him. And all the way until the people of God went into exile. For all those years, he heard the word of the Lord. And the reason we know he heard it is because much of his book is him telling us what God said. So not only did he hear the word of the Lord, he did what it said, and then he wrote this book to tell us about the kind of things that God said to him. Here's one of the first things God said to him. God said, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah, and not just any word. It was a word of calling. God has set something aside for him to do. God says, can you hear me now? And Jeremiah says, yes. But, he says, he was not too excited to necessarily do what God has called him to do. Even though he's heard the word of the Lord, he's not thrilled about it. This is kind of a common biblical theme if you pay attention to the stories in Scripture, that the word of the Lord comes to different people and they are reluctant. They don't necessarily want to hear what God has to say to them. They, they don't always want to do what God wants them to do. So it helps me when I'm reading these stories to recognize that when God calls these individuals, it's not just any random person that he's calling. He's calling a specific person that he has prepared for a specific time and a specific place, for a specific task, for a specific calling. It seems like that's always the case. And then he appoints them to go do this calling. And Jeremiah hears him. And even though he's reluctant, he's still listening. Now, if you're like me, find this reassuring, maybe. I am tempted, though, when I read these things to think, well, Jeremiah might be a special case. Because, you know, he's a priest after all, right? So you would expect a priest to listen, and we would expect a priest to maybe follow God. Remarkably, though, Jeremiah is not a unique case because there are dozens and dozens and dozens of examples of God calling people. The, and even with that very same phrase, the word of the Lord came to, and it's all kinds of people. The word of the Lord came to Abraham and Moses and Samuel and Nathan and Solomon and Elijah and Ezekiel and Deborah and Hosea and Joel and Jonah and Zephaniah and Haggai and Zechariah and Malachi and Mary and Joseph. And these are all not just priests and prophets. These are kings and farmers and shepherds and carpenters and humble servants. And the word of the Lord comes to them. And in each of these examples I just mentioned... The response is the same. God says, can you hear me now? And each of these individuals, God calls, says, yeah, I can hear you. It tells me that God calls people. 
God calls us. Do you think God is still calling people today? And it is comforting to me to know that it's the God who formed us who is calling, the God who knows us, the God who prepares us, the God who appoints us to special tasks. God says, can you hear me now? Can you? Well, over the course of the next several weeks, we want to figure out how well our hearing is. Some hearing loss is not because of uh, physical impairment. That's not because there's necessarily damage to our ears. Some hearing loss is from inattention. We sometimes develop what they call selective hearing. Yeah, and there's a bunch of wives nodding right now. (laughs) Right? We have selective hearing. We hear what's important to us. We tune out other things. There's kind of another classic story. Maybe you've heard this one. It's about a Native American and his friend, and they're walking through Times Square in New York City. And it's lunchtime, and there's lots of noise. The streets are filled with people, horns honking, construction noise, sirens. The sounds of the city are almost deafening, and suddenly this Native American says, I hear a cricket. And his friend goes, you're crazy. There's no way you could hear a cricket in the midst of all this noise. And his friend reassures him, no, I hear a cricket. And he turns his ear, and he listens, and he walks across the street to a planter where there's a bush, and he pulls the branches back from this planter, and there's a cricket sitting underneath the bush. And his friend is flabbergasted by this and says, you must have like superhuman hearing or something. And the guy goes, no, I got normal hearing. I think anybody could hear this kind of thing if they're listening for it. And the guy thinks he's crazy. He says, well, let me just demonstrate that people hear what's most important to them. So he grabs some coins out of his pocket and he throws them on the sidewalk and every head within 20 feet turns to look. We have selective hearing. We listen to what is important to us. We turn our ear, we tune in, we pay attention. We're going to dig a little deeper into a couple questions in the coming weeks. We're just scratching the surface today. But the questions that we want to explore is, what happens when we hear God's voice or fail to hear God's voice? That's the first thing we want to explore. The second thing is, how can we hear better? Are there some things that will turn our ear, that will focus our attention, that will help us listen. Look at Jeremiah again. Jeremiah is called by God to be God's spokesperson. Jeremiah hears God speaking to him, but then he tries to get out of the assignment. He says, "Uh, I'm not good. I'm not a good speaker. Can't do public speaking. I'm not ready. I lack experience. I'm too young. That's what he says to God. He makes excuses. God, who made Jeremiah, who knows Jeremiah, who calls Jeremiah, God is unmoved. God calls young, afraid to speak Jeremiah, and he says, go and speak whatever I tell you to speak to whomever I tell you to speak it to. And God makes a promise. He says, if you get into trouble, I will rescue you. I will be there. Who's in charge in this story? Who's in control? 
Yeah, God is in charge. God is in control. God says, I got a plan. God says, I've been working on this plan. I've been preparing you. I've been getting you ready for this plan. Now go. God calls him because God is in charge. And I'm wondering if this might be one big difference between Jeremiah's day and our day. Because in Jeremiah's day, the people were used to there being authority. That, and this authority can be outside of myself. That there could be people who have authority over me and they have the ability to speak into my life. They can tell me what is important. And one of the authorities they recognized was God and they recognized him as being all-powerful. They recognized him as being loving and merciful. And they recognized God as being in charge. So when God spoke, they listened. When God said, can you hear me now? They stopped what they were doing and they said, yes, we can hear you. Now sometimes there's a little talking back to God after God laid his plan out, but still they recognize God was in charge. Our world's a little different. It seems to me we live in a world that tells us we're in charge, don't we? We live in a world that tells us we're responsible for ourselves. We plan out our lives. We're in control. We shape our destinies. We shape our identities. We write our own stories. This is the kind of world we live in. When you live in a world like that, it's, it's more difficult to hear a, an authority or someone speaking from outside saying, they want to tell us what to do. They want to be in charge. They want to be in control. Who shapes our Facebook identity? I don't know how many of you are on Facebook. Seems like a lot of people are. Who gets to make up your Facebook identity? We do. And if I understand Facebook identities, a lot of people make up a lot of stuff to put on their Facebook identities. Doesn't have to be true. Who shapes our gender identity? Well, we do. We get to decide. Who plans our future? Who maps out our way? We do. This is the world that we live in. We're told that we get to have control over that. That's completely different than the Jeremiah's world. In Jeremiah's world, God's people knew that God was in control, and when God spoke, they should listen. They received it with authority. And this is how God's call comes to Jeremiah. It's coming from God, so Jeremiah hears God's call and he listens and he follows it even if he's not thrilled about it at the moment. Even if it's not his plan. Even if it doesn't match his view of where his life should go. Jeremiah hears God's word and follows. I learned a new word this week. It's Jeremiad. Anybody know that word? Jeremiad. It means a long, prolonged, mournful complaint, a lamentation, a list of woes, or a thunderous denunciation. Jeremiad. Would you like to guess the root of that word? It comes from this Jeremiah who got the reputation of being the weeping prophet. He was known as the great denouncer because Jeremiah, in those 40 years of listening to God's call and following it, 
denounced anything he could denounce, and he denounced everything that needed to be denounced. He denounced the king and, and the clergy for their corruption. He lamented about the way God's people abused the gift of sexuality. He denounced the rich for exploiting the poor. He thunderously denounced the worship of false gods. He lamented that God's people gave lip service to the true God, but they didn't obey him. Jeremiah even denounced God. If you read through his whole story, at one point, he is mad at God because God gave him a job he didn't want. He actually laments it this way. He says, I'd be better off dead. I'd be better off if I was never born. His job was to reform a pack of sinners. One of the commentators I read described the people that Jeremiah was talking to as hyenas, degenerates, and ninnies. So this weeping prophet wrote the saddest book in the whole Bible. The book is called Lamentations. And that's his identity. Do you think that's the identity he would have picked for himself? Jeremiah is making up a Facebook page. I am the weeping prophet, the denouncer of all things. Probably not. But when God says to Jeremiah, Can you hear me now? Jeremiah says, yes, I can hear you. And I think part of the reason why he could hear God is because he knew that God was in charge and not him. We don't have time today to go into all the horrible things that happened to Jeremiah along the way, but they're horrible, and we'll get into some of those in the coming weeks. Well, let's just say it this way. Jeremiah's call was not an easy call. Very difficult. But each time Jeremiah got knocked down, God rescued him, just as he promised. Every time. So it seems to me that the one thing Jeremiah wants, even more than planning out his own life, or even more than his own comfort, even more than his personal autonomy, even more than his right to choose the path that he wants to follow, what he wants more than that is he wants to know God. He wants to walk with God. He wants to understand who God is, and he wants to follow the plan that God has made for him. And part of the reason why he wants that is because he recognizes that God knows him, and God has made him, and God shaped him and formed him for this unique calling. And so it seems to me the thing Jeremiah wants more than anything is he wants to fulfill the calling for which God designed him. He doesn't want to fulfill a lesser calling. He wants to follow the plan that God has. When God says, can you hear me now? Jeremiah could have said no, but instead he says yes. He says, God, you made me and you know me. I want to be the best me possible, and that means I'm going to be the one you designed me to be. And I'm going to follow the calling that you designed specifically for me. And that's exactly what Jeremiah wants. Which makes me wonder, what do we want? What do I want? What do you want? Do we want to try to hold on to control? Try to be the master of our own destinies? Do we want to try and keep holding on to that? Do we want to try to figure out our own life? Do we want to try to figure out our own plan? What is the thing we should do? We want to try to figure that out? We want to try to run the show? run our own lives. I know that when I try to live that way, it leads 
to a lot of anxiety for me. It leads me to a life of fear and frustration and uncertainty. Am I getting it right? Am I doing the right thing? Am I being the person I'm supposed to be? It makes me wonder if there's a better way. What if... What if we remembered that God was in charge? What if we remembered that He is the one who is in control? What if we remember that God knows us because He made us? What if we listened to God's call? And what if when we heard God's call, we followed? What if we trusted God? This is the God, after all, who knows us. This is how the Bible describes it. He knows when we sit and when we rise. He perceives our thoughts from afar. He discerns our going out and our lying down. He's familiar with all of our ways. Before a word is even on our tongue, God knows it completely. What if we just trusted a God like that to know what's best for us? So that when he called us, when he says, can you hear me now? We said, yeah, I can hear you. And I will listen. And I will follow. That's what Jeremiah believed. Jeremiah believed God created his inmost being. He knit him together in his mother's womb. And so he praised God because he was fearfully and wonderfully made. And so when the call came to Jeremiah, he said, I can hear you and I'll follow you. What will we say when God calls us? Our key verse throughout this series is going to be Jeremiah 33, 3, where God says, Call on me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Is that a great promise? Call on me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Following God's call, we'll see great and mighty things beyond what we could know. And we're going to try to practice listening to that call. And we've got a little guide to help you in your bulletin. So um, some of you have probably already looked at it. There's a second insert with the cell study sheet. It looks like this on the back side. It's got a couple columns on it. Just ignore that for now and turn to the side with a list on it. It says, next steps, pick one. We had a little staff discussion this week about how we listen to God and things that maybe keep us from listening to God. And this is from some of our experiences, and so you can probably add some other things to this. We'd like you to just begin by reading through this list and see if one of these things doesn't resonate with you. Just practice listening. Maybe God will prompt you. Maybe he'll give you a little direction. And pick one. That's not a do this whole list thing. It's a pick one thing this week. In fact, I'd like you to glance down that list right now. I'd love it if you could pick one before you left the room. Pick one. Because we think these are the things that will help us listen to God. So when God says, can you hear me now? We'll be able to answer, yeah, we hear you. God, we come before you this morning and we give you thanks because of the, the word of the Lord that we've heard this morning and the picture that we have of the difference it can make when we 
hear your call and follow you. So God, we pray that you'll continue to speak and open up our ears and our hearts and help us to listen. And we will give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.